Hi everyone, good morning, good evening, namaste, hola, bonjour, and marhaban. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 29 of the podcast, Each One Teach Ten, an amazing world of STEM. And in Spanning Venture, we will be discussing that STEM is part of every day for every kid. We all will be learning together that how we can build a STEM culture. So for today, I have a really special guest. So first of all, let's have him here with us. Is Mr. Scott Titmus? How are you, Mr. I'm very good. Good morning. Good evening. Hi, everyone. Hello, Mr. Scott. I hope you are doing well. I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much. And I'm doing well, too. So before we start, I'm, I'll take this pleasure of introducing Mr. Mr. Scott to you all. So Mr. Scott Titmus is a former classroom teacher, now proudly serving the educator community as a member of the Flipgrid team. He's passionate about supporting Microsoft's mission to empower others to achieve more. As an elementary teacher turned uh, technology coach, Scott strongly believes that technology plays an integral part in fostering learning and building community. When not working, he enjoys spending time with his wife, Dana, and one-year daughter, Bersalyn. So uh, we have lots of people watching us live right now. So we'd love to know more about you, Mr. Scott. Sure. Yeah. So a, a lot of what you said is exactly how I would uh, describe myself. I, I spent a lot of time in the classroom. I started off teaching third grade, then I taught fifth grade, uh, and then transi transitioned into a technology coaching role. So I was helping other teachers learn about all different kinds of technology platforms. We had uh, maker spaces since we're going to be talking about STEM today, right? So I helped with a lot of those different initiatives within our school district. And then just about a year ago, started working with Microsoft and Flipgrid after really using Flipgrid since back in the day in 2017, at sort of the very beginning of Flipgrid uh, as an educator, just because I fell in love with it at that time. Um, and now in this role, I'm a technically a community engagement manager, which means I help to empower and encourage educators, students, anyone who's using Flipgrid to just do more with it, right? And find different ways to use it, as well as how to help students come out uh, and in, in, just empower them, right? Right, and that's really captivating, yeah. So let's start with some of the fun questions that I have for you. So the first one is that, you know, we discuss instilling the four seasoned students. And I want to ask you that to teach the students, what are the attributes you think an educator should have in order to be innovative in the classrooms? Yeah, I, I think just for me, I always felt it was so important to just be myself and not try and be some fancy teacher about anything or, or be different than who I was. It was always important for me to build relationships with students to help inspire them and inspire them to be curious and ask questions, right? I think uh, when I was in the classroom, we, we did a very small version of what we called passion time, where students would be able to research anything and write about anything. And if they wanted to build something, they could build it. Um, but it, it, that reminds me so much of the journey that you're on, Namya. You know, I, we were talking just a few minutes before the show started, and I said, what made you start a podcast? And it was just something that you were interested in. You never know what students are gonna fall in love with and what they'll want to do. So I think, just be supportive of our students and let them, if they want to create a podcast, 
let them create a podcast. If they want to write all about all these different things, let them write uh, and just inspire them to do what they're passionate about. And I think that's so important. Right. And that's really lovely to hear that you're talking about being supportive for the students because it's not just, you know, about uh, what our teachers are supposed to tell us. We're supposed to do that. Uh, if teachers are able to tell us to follow our passion, I think for me, that teacher would be my favorite teacher and the best teacher for everybody because um, like all of my teachers are really good and they always uh, tell us to do what we love. And I really wish to all the teachers in this world are like that. And yeah, well, there's there's so much learning to happen, right? Whether, yeah. you know, it might not be what we think about when, you know, when I was in school, it was very much, we, we read from a textbook and that's when then we answered questions that were from chapter one in that textbook. But there are so many other ways to learn that same information, right? Again, this podcast right. is a perfect example. You're talking to so many different people from all over the world and you can learn so much from them. Maybe some of it's the same that you might learn reading an article or reading something in a textbook, but this is the way that you love to learn and the way that you're engaged with learning. And that's, to me, that's right. Yeah, that's great to hear because you always know the way you want to learn and you just don't have to learn the way people tell you to learn. And that's really the thing that people should believe in in this entire world. And sure. I also love the point that you told about like being yourself because I think uh, when you try to be somebody else, you in like um, just go somewhere else and you choose a different path. But when you follow your passion and be yourself, I think that's what takes you to the heights and that's what makes you a really successful person. For sure, 100%, yeah. Right, so uh, I've been hearing a lot about Flipund and what exactly is it? Can you apprise it about that? Sure, flip hunts are so much fun. I, I, I can't talk about a flip hunt without giving a shout out to Flipgrid friend, Kathy Kersnowski, who really coined the name and started this whole idea and this uh, just incredible um, momentum for using Flipgrid for a flip hunt. At the very basic level, I would say a flip hunt is very much like a scavenger hunt, right? Where you have a list of things that you need to go find. But the way that uh, Kathy describes it in her different blog articles and some of the infographics that she's um, put out is just that it's a scavenger hunt with just a bit more to make it a lot more engaging, right? So it's not just find this item and record a video of me saying, oh, here's a water bottle, I found a water bottle, right? It's mm -hmm. you know something that involves movement, something that's more powerful to do a specific task and maybe you're videoing yourself explaining something or you know, telling more about it or reading something out loud so that each different task has meaning behind it, it's powerful, um, and it's just a really, really engaging way for uh, everyone to learn. The, the cool thing about flip hunts is, I think they didn't even start in the classroom. If I remember uh, Kathy talking about it right, we, we had what was called Student Voice Con in Min Minneapolis a few years ago, right? With, I, right. I she was there, I was there, and there's a, a big crowd there. And she decided to go and start this flip hunt, right? Where it was a long list of these super engaging tasks. And it's just a way to get people up and moving, right? So not just for students, but it started off with professional development, adults and teachers outside of the classroom. Uh, and now people are using them all over the place, right? Whether it's uh, at a professional development with their families even, uh, and of course, with students in the classroom. Right. Have you ever done That's a flip hunt before? 
Yeah, like I think once no, it's not it was not was a fl- it wasn't a fl- flip it. I think it was it was not a flip hand. Okay. But I think one of the teacher she played a game similar to that a few years ago. She designated the areas to us, and she you know hid the clues in form of QR codes, and um, it could I think it was under some of the pillars, some of the bushes, mm-hmm. and some lights and all. And this activity, we were completing uh, the activity uh, side by side, also revising the concept, if I'm not wrong, of the chapter respiratory system. So okay. it was like pretty like a treasure hunt. So we were supposed to find the QR code, scan them, and we were learning about different parts. So I think that was similar to not the flip hunt, but a kind of For a sure. treasure hunt. Yeah, and, and think about how much more fun that is than just reading off of a page, right? There's there's yeah. always a time where you might have to just read, right? We're gonna do that. We're gonna read books to learn. But in that instance, or with a flip hunt, however you decide to make learning engaging, this is one of those ways. So where that teacher could have chose to have you learn about the respiratory system, reading a few pages of the textbook, but instead yeah. found a way to get you up, moving, working with your classmates, right? And just overall having fun, while you're doing right. all that learning. And what I found as a, as a teacher was that when my students were doing those kinds of things, that's when it really stuck, right? That's when they really learned versus just reading. Right, because I didn't, you know, when we were doing that activity, it was like me and my friends, we were so confused that where can we find the QR code? And we finally found it, you know, that a feeling that we get that you've achieved something, you've got that, now you're gonna move on the next step. So we're learning side by side the concept and the side by side, we're also enjoying um, the fun of your fun and different things. Yeah, I, that, that reminds me just of what you're talking about. I, when I was teaching fifth grade, we were reading a book called Hatchet and uh, it was an exciting book, but there were parts that weren't always so exciting. Um, so I wanted to try and find a new way to just make it more fun for the students. And I actually remember that I, I had them all stand out in the hallway for a second and I closed the door and I put QR codes all over the classroom. I turned on music, right? That it was about a boy in the forest and he was kind of like on this hunt for survival, right? I don't know if you've read that book, but so I turned off the lights and put on like forest music and then I let them back in and they were walking around with our iPads, scanning the QR codes, answering questions, but they had they didn't know where all of the QR codes were. So it was just sort of this immersive experience where to be honest, they were answering the same questions that they might have from any old worksheet, but they were just, it was more engaging for them and they were just a bit more into it. Yeah, because it was like a fun element. It was not just a normal worksheet, but an activity like you're moving around and then you're solving the problem. Exactly, exactly. Right, so um, are there any tips for educators to make classroom lesson plan or any STEM lesson plan with the help of Flipgrid? Sure, yeah. So. For me, the, the biggest, my first piece of advice with Flipgrid is always just try it, right? I think um, I remember, in, again, in 2017, when I had first started hearing about Flipgrid, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what it did. I just heard a lot of teachers talking about it on Twitter, right? And I remember tweeting and saying something like, what is Flipgrid? And Flipgrid, or uh, and actually we know now that it was Joey Tarlson, uh, one of my colleagues, right? answered me and said, hey, this is what Flipgrid is. Why don't you just give it a try? And I remember just a few days later said, okay, we're going to do a book talk. So just go for it when it comes to Flipgrid, right? Don't worry about all of these amazing ideas. There are lots of innovative and creative ways that you can use Flipgrid, but it's best to just start with something, right? 
they might you know dip your toes in the water right and allow your students to jump in try out all the different features i know you had my friend ann on this podcast as well and yeah. she would say let them push and we have him in the the chat as well. what who did you have uh, mr ann we have him in the chat as well yes exactly so uh, she, you know ann would say Just I mean, let yeah she would say let them push all of the buttons right so start with something fun. It doesn't have to be so academic. There doesn't have to be a ton of learning. It could just be someone sharing about anything that they like, their favorite food, their favorite sport, their favorite book, whatever it is, and let them add all of the different features, click all of the different buttons and just explore. And then that way your students really have a great way to, to just learn the platform and not be so focused on the, the academic learning, right? right. Um, and then when you're feeling comfortable as the teacher, the best thing that I, I love about Flipgrid is the discovery library. The discovery library is a place that teachers, educators, people within the, the Flipgrid community have already added thousands and thousands of topics that you can use. You go in, you could search for anything. So if you're looking for a STEM lesson or a, a a topic about Hatchet, the book that I was reading before, right? You can find already created topics for you. And then you could go through it. You, you know, if I like this one, I could add it right into my own group and, and give that topic to my students to use. So it's not even that you have to spend all of this extra time creating and, and doing all these different things that maybe you don't have time for right now. So you get those topics, you can add them, you could tweak them a little bit for, for your learners to make it exactly what you need but it's so easy to get started. And then as you, again, become more comfortable, then then you get more creative and you get more innovative with the tasks that you're asking. So yeah, just try it and check out the discovery library, my, my two top tips. Right, I also love using the discovery library a lot because it's how, I know it has a lot of content to go through and we could use it like in all aspects of every subject. And uh, the one thing I, I think Flipgrid is able to empower every voice. And it's not just about, you know, learning, but the ones, you know, the ones who have the shy students uh, who don't want to speak in the classrooms. I think Flipgrid can be the best platform for those students to come forward and record their um, emotions that they want to tell to the teacher or whatever they think about the certain concepts, like if it is about nature and they're not able to speak in the class, but if they have certain beautiful thoughts for the nature, you could always use Flipgrid for that. And there's no doubt. from you also, we have learned so many things right now, Mr. Scott. Yeah, that, I mean, that, there's no doubt about that. What I, what I found with Flipgrid, and this is before I worked for Flipgrid, this has nothing to do with me working for Flipgrid or working for Microsoft. But when I was in the classroom and first started using Flipgrid, I remember having a student who was too shy to raise her hand, let alone record a video, or share her thoughts. She did not want to raise her hand in class ever. If I called on her, she really would cry. And this was a fifth grader, right? So it, you don't see a whole lot of crying in fifth grade. I remember maybe when I taught first grade for a little while, there was more crying. But this fifth grader was just terrified to share in front of her classmates. And that's okay, right? But we had to find a way for her to share what she was learning because I knew she was learning, right? And Flipgrid turned out to be that way. I remember her recording a book talk. I allowed her to do it at home because she was more comfortable doing it at home. And uh, she read a book called Magic Puppy. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the video, her dog popped up and was there with her on her Flipgrid video. And it was so much fun. Number one, because everybody loves a dog, right? 
And right. number two, because I had never really heard her speak with enthusiasm or passion in class before. And Flipgrid allowed her to do that uh, at this at that point at home. But it just it was an amazing experience for me as the teacher to see her just start to share uh, and show her personality. And then eventually she was comfortable sharing those types of things in front of her classmates, which was um, it's something that makes me tear up to today. And we're, this is that's, probably that's six so years lovely. ago. Yeah, that's so lovely. And that's how we can shape lives as well with Flipgrid. Absolutely. Right. So I have a question that what advice would you give some, to someone uh, wanting to pursue a career that is similar to yours? Sure. Well, I think what's interesting about the career that I'm in now is it's not something that I actually went to school for. You know, I, I think the, the first piece of advice is just pursue what you're passionate about. Dive in. Right. And just do it, whether you've gone to school for that specific thing or it's just something that you love. Because, as I mentioned, I went to school for teaching. Right. I was in the classroom and then became a technology coach, um, but I didn't have a technology degree. I just loved teaching with technology and was passionate about using technology in the classroom. Um, and then that's sort of how I discovered Flipgrid. I fell in love with sharing Flipgrid with other educators and, of course, connecting with people all over the globe like you, like your mom and, and so many of our friends on Twitter. Right. So that became something that I, I love doing. And not just teaching them, but teaching them on Twitter or connecting with them and just building those relationships. And that is uh, an essential part of what I do now, right? A lot of times it's me behind the Flipgrid account. So Flipgrid tweets at you, sometimes that's me. Um, but I just love connecting with educators and that's how I ended up being in this spot because uh, Microsoft, Flipgrid, Joey and my other colleagues saw that I, I love doing that and it, it kind of just happened to work out that now I'm in this position. but. Uh, like I said, I never went to school for social media or technology. It was just something that I became passionate about, started uh, jumping into way more. So do that, right? If you're passionate about podcasting, it doesn't matter if you have a, a broadcasting degree, make a podcast, right? Just do what you love. Right. So being passionate, share, connect. And like you said, do that and do what you love is what I understood from you. And I hope everybody got the message as well. Sure. So, right. I have one more question that is a little, you know, funny, but okay. what is your least favorite job in a day? Like your routine, what's your least favorite hmm. thing that you do? My least favorite thing to do. That's interesting. I would say, huh, this is a tough one. I love so much about my job. I, I love being on Twitter all the time. I love helping people even when they're frustrated, right? If something's going wrong, I, I love being there for them and helping them solve those problems. Um, Sometimes I think what we get into is there could be like a lot of meetings, right? I, we work remote now. Uh, some people are in the office, but I stay here in New Jersey. So we sometimes get in a lot of meetings. And while meetings could be incredibly inspiring, sometimes it's just a long day when you're in, in meetings all day. Um, so th I would say that's probably the least favorite. But at the same time, I love being able to get on calls like this with my colleagues. And we always have a ton of fun. Um, it makes me makes me think of how sometimes with uh, Jornay, Jess, Ann, Feli, Elizabeth, we'll get on a meeting and we just take a break and have a 30 second dance party and we all dance <laughs> around the room. Well, all in different places, right? So we always find a way to even make some of the, the difficult things fun. That's so great to know. And um, uh, if anybody has questions for Mr. Scott, you can always drop them down in the chat box. And uh, Mr. Scott, can I show a few of the com comments that we've been having in the 
um, YouTube comment section? Of course. Okay, so we have first of all Mrs. Monica Joshi. She says excited to be here. Then we have uh, Little D. I think uh, I don't know that who it is, but thank you so much for joining. <laughs> thank you for being here. We have Miss Gurpreet Sandhu. Thank you so much for joining. Hi, Gurpreet. How are you? Then we have um, Mr. Andy. He's here as well. Oh. So I think this is Mr. Andy, not Anne. Uh, I think it's Andy. Yes. Mr. Andy. Yeah. Yes. So you. Yes. This is Andy Kniven. Hey there, Andy. How are you, buddy? Oh, then we have um, we have uh, Miss Anupam Shavrama, who's here as well. Hello. There's so many people here. Right. Thank <laughs> you. We also have Mr. Deepak Bhange. Thank you so much for joining every time on our podcast. That really motivates me. I, I think I know Deepak from Twitter, and he is incredible. Right. And Miss Monica says that learning with playing always engages the students. Absolutely. We have uh, Harmeet Kaur Monday. Thank you so much for joining. We also have Miss Gunjan Tomar. She was there in my podcast as well. Very nice. It is incredible, Namia. I have to say while you show these that you've built such a community around your podcast and so many people that just love listening in, uh, you know, every episode. Thank you so much. And uh, we have Miss Supriya S as well. And yeah. Then people are also saying that following your passion and know what your heart says. And even Miss Gurpreet says that as well. Amazing. Right. So if anybody still has any questions, we can take them um, in the end. Right. So I have a question that where can we find you online if everyone uh, watching us live wants to contact you? Sure. Yeah. So my favorite place to be online is Twitter. Uh, no surprise there, right? So I did, when I joined into this uh, broadcast, I added my Twitter down at the bottom here. Oh, there it is. Um, so you could follow me on Twitter at, S, at SD Titmus. Um, but I'm also on Instagram and on Facebook and yeah, all of those channels. And like I said before, you might already be in contact with me on, on social. If you're tweeting at Flipgrid or if you're you know sending Instagram a message, that's most of the time me or my colleague Elizabeth and the, the others on the team. So we might have already been in contact uh, without anybody even knowing yet. Thank you. And I'll also add um, these details in the description box as soon as the live stream is available publicly for everyone to watch. Sure. That sounds great. Right. So before we end uh, the session here, is there any message that you would like to give to the audience watching us? I, I would say hmm, my, my message would be inspire people the way that Namia has been inspired. It is incredible to me that this podcast is on the 29th episode at this point. She told me already that we're coming up on the one year anniversary uh, of this podcast. And Namia is a perfect example of what happens when students feel empowered and inspired to do what they love. So inspire, whether it's a podcast or a book or whatever your students want to do, empower them to do that, support them in what they're doing, uh, and the results will be amazing. Don't ever, ever underestimate uh, what a student can do when they're passionate about something. 
That's so great to hear. And uh, that also reminds me of one of the quotes that I had recently read, that I love inspiring people. And if I can make a difference in one person's life, then that's success for me. And you're also inspiring so many people, and that is actually success for you too. I would I would 100% agree with that quote. I, and that's something we talk about uh, at Flipgrid quite a bit. If we inspire one person today, if we have a podcast or a community conversation or a tweet or whatever it is, if one person is inspired by that or feels better because of, of that conversation or that uh, interaction, then we've done what we're trying to do. So yes, absolutely. One person is enough. Thank you so much for saying that. And it's uh, it was a lovely opportunity for me to have you on my podcast, Mr. Scott. Thank you so much for joining today and hope you have a nice day. You too. And I'm honored to have been here. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Mr. Scott, for joining us live today. I'll see you in the next episode. Till then, each one, teach 10 and have a nice day.